welcome everybody. We've got a brand new show. And if you're good, it's kind of a throwback. Not in Hall of Fame.com originally started talking about those we wanted in the Hall of Fame. And through that process, I met, I like to call him the Wunderkind, Vinny Laspinuso. How are you doing? Hello, Vinny? everyone. What's Vinny? new? Yeah, uh, for me, not a whole lot, but that's okay because I'm old and decrepit. Vinny is young and hungry. Vinny, who has a lot of thoughts on the Hall of Fame, and don't let his youth fool you. When it comes to Halls of Fame, there's nobody, and I, I mean this, nobody who has a more passionate belief and a more consummate knowledge of historical sports than anyone I've ever come across. So we are titling this show, what's the title we came up with, Vinny? Vinny makes the case for dot, yeah. dot, dot. Dot, dot, dot. And we decided that it's going to, for the first show, it's someone who I bear, I didn't even know. Somebody you told me all about. And as much as I think I know about pro football and its history, you introduced me to somebody who I'd never heard of. And I'm a little embarrassed that I hadn't. But then as I got to learn more, I realized that a lot of people in the know, in the know don't know about him either. So why don't you tell everybody about debut episode on Charles Fallis? Now, yes. Now, first, I want to tell you about the way that people cover the media themselves, the media, how they cover football history, because, of course, you always see people say, oh, Canton, Ohio is the birthplace of pro football. First off, that's false. That is a complete bone face lie. Pro football actually started in 1890 in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, with the Western Pennsylvania football circuit. How do I know the Western Pennsylvania professional football circuit? That's the full title. It's a long one. It's the WPPFC. Started in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, which most people know as the location where Rolling Rock beer actually started out. That's a little... Oh, see, that I know. I know all about that. <laughs> That's why I gave a little tidbit to you, because that is a expertise <laughs> that you are definitely very big in. But yeah, Latrobe is where professional football actually started. Um, that is the real location. People keep saying... Oh, 1920 in Canton, but that's really just the place where the NFL started. That's not the place where professional football started. Remember, there were leagues of professional football before the NFL. A lot of people need to understand that. And I can tell you right ahead, Canton, the voters, they don't even seem to realize that because they're in the 30 years of professional football before the NFL was founded, exactly zero people were have been inducted because of their primary achievements in the Western Pennsylvania circuit, the Ohio league, the Chicago league, or the Western New York league, all those four major leagues in professional football before the NFL, not a single person is inducted because primarily of their contributions in those leagues. And I think that's a very big problem. That's what I want to say firsthand before I get to Charles Fallis and, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts about that? Because I honestly think that's very yeah. baffling. Yeah, no, that's a very, very good point. Uh, so just to be clear, though, we're, we're, we're not talking about people whose career began before 1920 and the birth of what became the National Football League. Right. Like, like Jim Thorpe, who yeah, Jim Thorpe played in the NFL, that. but also predated uh, pro football fr from 1920. We're right. You're referring specifically to people who have never, who never made it or never played pro football in the NFL but had a pro professional experience in the leagues that you're referring to. That is correct. And again, okay. I, I don't just like players. I'm referring to coaches and contributors as well. Mm -hmm. Not a single person. That, that is right. In 30 years, 
three full decades from 1890 to 1919, not a single person has been inducted because of their achievements in professional football during that time. And if you're going to call yourself the professional football hall of fame, instead of what people mistakenly call you the NFL hall of fame, may it be nice to actually induct people that have their contributions from professional football. That's not NFL related. And Mm -hmm. before anyone says, what about the CFL? Well, that might be a little bit more tricky, but this is before the CFL. This is before the NFL, but it's still professional football. So I think it works more in this situation. Okay. So Charles Follis is a very uh, unique case in that he is uh, the first professional uh, football player of African-American origin. That is correct. Now, before anyone says that, oh, was he just added because he was black? I can tell you firsthand, no, that is not the case at all. Now, a lot of people ask, who is the Jackie Robinson of football? And that's really, no one really seems to understand who that answer is because it's a little bit trickier with football. It's like, you know, you get Earl Lloyd with, you know, basketball. You say Willie O'Ree with hockey and say Jackie Robinson with baseball. And all three of them have been inducted. But yet football, surprisingly, still has not had any, had Charles Follis, which is their Jackie Robinson, their Earl Lloyd, their Willie O'Ree. He is not inducted yet. But, and, but to that point, though, uh, even when we look at sort of the history of those other ones with Willie O'Ree, and, and, I, and I talked about that with Evan Nolan on the Weekly Hall of Fame show, uh, it wasn't so much that Willie broke a color barrier. I mean, he did, but there was never an unspoken rule about uh, black hockey players not being blackballed. There just weren't any. Yeah. Uh, in baseball, Jackie Robson, as I know you know, wasn't actually the first uh african-american baseball player he was the yeah first. obviously yeah like it happened prior to that no but even in the majors and then the owners collectively uh right. sort of came up yeah. with an unspoken policy towards that the and, nfl kind of had that too in like 1933 until 1946 right right in, in different stages and which is why uh w- one of our first earlier conversations uh i don't think anyone was more happier than you and that might even include the family of duke slater when duke slater was uh elected mm-hmm. you championed him probably a lot longer than most i wanted duke slater in way before i met you like when i saw yeah. duke slater i said hey you know this is a league that's like 70 percent, 80 percent black and you don't have any you see what i find very hypocritical about the pro football hall of fame is that they are the place where the black college football hall of fame is they teach them you know black excellence but it feels like they don't really want to actually induct black pioneers like, you know, basketball or baseball has. And yeah, I understand it might be a little bit difficult, but I understand you're going to get those people that say, oh, they could be honored in other ways than induction. Well, you even do you even know how people react when it comes to the hall? It's either you're in the hall or you're or you're not worth it. Hmm. That That's how people view it. And you could have displays all you want, but you never advertise the displays no one ever talks about displays and even then displays go into but, storage after okay but let's just say that it's not maybe that the nfl it's not maybe that they doesn't necessarily that they don't want to or is that this is a, a player speaking of follow specifically mm-hmm. who time has forgot is it could it be more that because i mean again we're talking about a player that i i wasn't even aware of i didn't know about mm-hmm. him until you brought him to my attention you told me and you sent me a paper that you wrote for your journalism class mm-hmm. and that's the person who off air you've talked you talked to me that you're the most passionate about now that duke slater has uh, gotten in so i think mm-hmm. would be great right now is for you to tell everyone who is charles fallis 
other than just the first black uh, paid black football player? Because he's a lot more than that. Well, I can tell you about him. Uh, Charles Follows himself is nicknamed the Black Cyclone. So that alone should get you interested. Oh, the Black Cyclone? Oh, why is he called it? Well, that's because not only was he great at football, back during high school and even his collegiate days for Wooster. But when, when was, was that? The cap- v- Vinny, when um, did he, he was- play at Wooster? Uh, he uh, was born in 1869, but he was went to Wooster High School and College in the like, around like 1890. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it was like 1898 to 1901 was the stretch when he was okay. um, part of Wooster's high school and college. Yeah, I just want to give everyone a time frame as to uh, when he played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that it was a very long time ago. Um, you see, that's a big reason why he's not in. It is because of time. Now, granted, to be fair, I still think it's BS personally, considering you can easily find this information readily available on the Hall's own website and Wikipedia. But then again, they don't really advertise it ever. And hell, even my journalism professor that I made that paper for, he's been in the business for 50 years and he never heard about Charles Falls until hmm. I told him about it. All right. So what, what type of player was he? Um, well, he was a halfback. Um, he was someone that was known for being um, very, very um, aggressive when it came to his play style. He was a very, very humble guy off the field. While you could see all these fans throwing stuff at him and any single disgusting story you can imagine, this right. man was very, very humble as an individual. He did not let this hate get to him mm-hmm. himself. And Worcester, um, I'm not familiar with the school initially. That's in Ohio from what I read, correct? That is correct. He, okay. he, even though he's born in Cloverdale, Virginia, he grew up his entire life. He, when 1885, around the time he was like six years old, he went to um, Worcester, Ohio, where he lived. And of course, went to high school and college. Um, Worcester, in case you're curious, um, Worcester is the northeastern section. It's in Wayne County of Ohio. That's like the um, so be near northeast section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. He is in around that area. He's. It's. It's the mostly the uh, micropolitan statistical area. That's where Wayne County is. Uh, I read something interesting too. Uh, he had played with Branch Rickey. That's true. In fact, not only did he play with Branch Rickey, he's the reason why Branch Rickey eventually was more comfortable around black players. I can tell you right away. If it was not for Charles Follis. Branch Rickey would not have signed Jackie Robinson. That's possible. Mm, I think it's it's very, I I think it's highly probable if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I I think we can connect the dots or sort of like level the dominoes to sort of make that claim. And so the quote I I saw was that he played against him and Follis had this 80 yard uh, touchdown. Mm -hmm. Just clearly the best man on the field. He was the best player on the field. He was the best player in the Blues. He was arguably one of the best players in the Ohio League. The Blues were who? They were the Shelby Blues. Shelby Blues. They were in the old Ohio League. Okay, so what do you know about the Ohio League? I just know it predates, but I don't know that much about it. You you are correct. It was the predecessor to the NFL. Well, like in case you... No, it was the yeah. There were other ones like the Western Pennsylvania Professional Professional Football Circuit and the New York Pro Football League, but the Ohio League was literally the direct predecessor to the NFL. Like the Canton Bulldogs, the Dayton Triangles, okay. those teams that are part of the early founding of the NFL 
started off as Ohio League teams. Mm-hmm. And even like a team like the Massillon Tigers, even though they ended up not going to the NFL, they won a total of six championships. That's pretty, I'd say that's pretty good, but I guess it's not good enough to have anyone inducted. <laughs> I, it's, it's just baffling. Mm-hmm. So, Vinny, after his t- uh, tenure with the Blues, uh, did he continue to play or what, what happened to uh, Mr. Paulus? Uh, he did continue to play, but not football. In fact, he went on to go to Long Island and play for the Cuban Giants, which actually were founded in Babylon, New York, which is literally the next town over. He's like, literally right, yeah, it, it's, it's literally the first ever Negro League team was founded literally in the town right next to West Isaac, where I live, mm-hmm. which is pretty big that I literally have history right by me. I even have a picture of myself with the rock. Where where marks where oh, yeah? um the found yeah and I actually yeah. I actually do have I'll send it to you afterwards yeah please so, do um but yeah like he went on to become the first ever black catcher ever no one has ever done he is like Charles follows himself that people need to realize that he is not just important for the game of football himself he's also pretty significant for baseball being the first ever black catcher for the first ever Negro League team is something that you should not just take as a little fart or anything that's insignificant. Um, there are some people that have, I think they're foolish personally, but you know, they can have their own opinion and I can't yeah. have mine. I'll go my separate ways as, as them, <laughs> but it is what it is. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, it did not one one of the towns where he grew up in, don't don't they have a day for him? Um, actually, I can tell you right away. Um in case you're curious what happened afterwards, he didn't really he didn't really last very long with the Giants because um, he actually died of pneumonia at the age of 31 on um, in 1910. Okay. And he's actually buried in the cemetery in Wooster. So, yeah, he didn't really live a very long life to have his legacy fulfilled. But it's now finally been given recognition that he's greatly deserved. Like, for instance, in 1998, the track facility at Wooster High School was named Fowles Field in his honor. Okay. Uh, last year in Shelby, a street was named after him um, last year. And the actual state of Ohio, not a township, not a city, but the entire state of Ohio has literally designated February 3rd, his birthday, as Charles Fowles Day. How many people associated with football or any sport for that matter could you say that the state that they were that they grew up in have an actual day dedicated to them? Can you think of many? Uh, I well, I can't think of any because I really don't know that answer. But it's still yeah. a very, it's still a very uh, prestigious accolade to to have happened. I would imagine. Yeah. When did they do that? Do you know? Uh, they did that in 2016, I think it was. Recently. Yeah, it so was they, relatively recently. So presumably he's got family or somebody like yourself uh, fighting f- for his legacy. Yeah. And there was also a play in 2013 in uh, that was put in uh, Lucas, Ohio, called the Black Cyclone, which, of course, was his nickname. He was okay. called the Black Cyclone because obviously one, he's black. But also he was a great runner that he went as fast as a cyclone. Yeah. Well, that's that's about as good a superhero name as it gets. It's an awesome superhero name. 
I mean, just the Robert Brazil's nickname of uh, Dr. Doom. Well, that's, well, to be fair, he just took it from the Fantastic Four. Doesn't matter. It's still great. That is true. Dr. Doom, I love Victor Von Doom. He's one of the greatest Marvel supervillains ever, along with, you know, Thanos and Magneto and many others. All right. So this, could, this is pretty much uh, the greatest uh, name that, we, that you can come up with. Uh, final thoughts on Mr. Follis. I personally think it is hypocritical if you're going to honor Black history but not induct the Jackie Robinson of your sport. I don't care if it's put it in a senior committee or if you have to have an entire separate committee to put in pioneers of race or pre-NFL legends. I think you need to put Charles Follows as soon as you possibly can because not having in and in shows a disregard for pioneers. It shows a disregard for, mm-hmm. for pre-early football. And it shows that it shows like you're hypocrites. It doesn't show like, and yes, not everyone knows who he is, but that's what the Hall of Fame is about, isn't it? Isn't it about teaching people about others that they don't know about? And I know you're going to see those that say that, oh, putting it in would be a political statement. No, it wouldn't be. Well, no, not not in this case. I mean, like we're also talking no. about uh, an, orga- an organization. And again, just to echo your point, not the NFL, but the Pro Football mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Correct. The man who was sort of a responsible or considered to be mostly responsible for the formation of the NFL, Ralph Hay, is not actually in the pro football. Yeah, which is ridiculous. Like, there's an argument that, oh, he la- he was only in the NFL for only, like, five years. Well, it was pretty cares? impactful five years. Yeah, pretty impactful five years, Joe. <laughs> like, yeah, so that's uh, that's certainly something that we – that it, and you and I, I think we agree that the Pro Football Hall of Fame might be one of our favorite sports halls because they do a lot great. So we're not just going yeah, to say – that here, this is an organization that has dropped the ball constantly. That's not the case at all. Cooperstown. But, <laughs> but in terms of past history, and it's weird that I'm going to like quote the, or reference the, the Naismith basketball all of them, which I think does so many things wrong, but they do have committees dedicated for early pioneers. Yes. So that, that is something that the NFL could potentially learn from. Uh, especially as we move forward, I'm just going to get on my little soapbox here uh, of having it where they're going to have a senior commit where the senior committee nominee this year, which we'll probably know shortly, probably by the time everyone's listening to this. But your hazmat suits people. Yes, yes. But it's only going to be one player. And there is probably a hundred names that you could pick from that are all well-deserving. And what baseball does, just using them as an example, uh, they alternate three, four years. Not that I would want them to do that, but they look at different periods of time. Yes. So that could be something that pro football could certainly look at as trying to compare the people like Ken Riley, who we think it's going to be based on what we've read, whether that's going to be the case or not. But comparing Ken Riley to someone else you're passionate about, Lavi Dilweg, those are two completely different eras. Very different. Nearly impossible to compare. So it's just uh, something that we would want, whether the Pro Football Hall of Fame will listen to us, don't know. But this has been the, epi- this has been the first episode from our good friend, Vinny Laspinuso. And we've got already, we already know what we're doing next time. Thank you everyone for listening to this. It's our throwback, really. Just getting back to the basics. That's what, every, well. that's what every great site needs to do. And I think I got a great site. I'm a little bit biased.
Well, you actually do have a great site, objectively speaking. Objectively speaking. So a bit of a shameless plug at the end. Uh, Vinny's also part of a group of us that we put together the United States Athletic Hall of Fame. And no, nothing like this actually exists. And rather than worry about who's really voting on it, you know who's voting on it? All of you. Everyone that's watching this and anyone that's not watching it, you all Listen, have a say in the matter. Yeah, absolutely. Go to vote on that, notinhalloffame.com forward slash USA. And we're going to announce the first class next June. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Stay safe, everybody. Take care.